Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello, my friends. Welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show, where, as you know, if you are watching live on YouTube, we have no idea what's going to happen. Maybe it will crash, maybe it won't. I have done my very best. I checked my internet connection for two days, the last podcast being on Tuesday, and everything has been fine. So if it does crash, it's a YouTube thing, and I don't understand what's going on with that. Just to remind you as well, we now have a brand new channel where the archived versions of the stream are going to go. There is a link in the description below. Uh, I will try and uh, post it everywhere I can to get people across. And it's simply because, as I found out when I was away... Uh, if you leave live streams up on YouTube as a public video, it will just screw your videos up for a while. Don't know why it does this, but it won't ping out on-demand videos as well. I can't explain it. It doesn't make sense to me. It's very, very annoying, especially because the only way I really make money off my YouTube channel is through my live streams. I don't really make money elsewhere. But hey-ho, we are. it's 2020. We passed 100,000 subscribers. And I am trying to do my best to get my channel into a better place. So we will throw some things at the wall and we will try and see what sticks. Um, what else do we talk about? Yeah, of course, uh, please do subscribe if you haven't watched already. Uh, like the video, share the video. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at SimonMiller316. Got a Patreon. Shout out to patrons. Patreon.com for Simon316, which means, oh, well, not me, but without them, I wouldn't be able to do the show. I wouldn't have a YouTube channel. I wouldn't be able to do any of my personal projects. So shout out to them. And like I say, yes, if you want to join in with the conversation, if you want to be part of the podcast, drop me a super chat and I will read out whatever you. You say I'll ask you a question, whatever you want to put there. It's like a shop. You pay for something, you get something back, but we'll also delve into the other comments too, uh, such as this idiot who goes because he's busy with XFL, dumbass. Great, great positive person you are, Sherlock Holmes. What an absolute moron. If I, I'll, yeah, I'm not going to be bothering. Um, also, shout out to my man, uh, pinsandknuckles.com and pinsandknucklesmerch.com, who do indeed support Simon as pro wrestling show. Go and check them out. Not only can they make you a t-shirt, but if you go to pinsandknucklesmerch.com, they've got an exclusive t-shirt from me, and they have exclusive t-shirts from lots of people in pro wrestling. It's kind of cool. It's like a British pro wrestling tease. I like it a lot. Okay. Sherlock Holmes is a troll. Of course he is. See you later, pal. How do I... Uh, there you go, boom. He's out of here. Isn't it just you just you try and have you try and have a bit of fun and then you get people like that. Oh well, it doesn't matter. Uh, right, so we are going to talk about AEW Dynamite later, and what a great show that was. Not even going to pretend otherwise. Really enjoyed AEW Dynamite this week. They have found their their footing at exactly the right time, I think. You know, they got the Revelation pay per view that's happening in what two weeks, maybe just over. Um, but yeah, man, just so easy to watch. So many good things. So many great feuds. Uh, but the thing I wanted to talk about first was there's um, this sort of topic going around about Vince McMahon. And the way it was described, I think it was Fightful that had the piece originally. And they said, uh, you know, that he's been distant from WWE television, which I found quite interesting. And you look into it and basically he hasn't been at SmackDown for a while. <clears throat> Excuse me. He hasn't been at SmackDown for a while. And when it comes to Raw, he's only there 
well, I guess when he feels like he needs to go. Now, the obvious, it, 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 I tell you why it's more interesting. Yes, as our as our good friend, uh, the guy that's been blocked, said, it's because he he's helping run the XFL, which is likely true. But the really in, this is why I wanted to talk about it because I find it quite fascinating. If that is true, Vince McMahon can't let that information get out because if you do follow the more corporate side of WWE, you will know <coughs> what's going on with my throat. <coughs> haven't coughed all day. You will know um, uh, that there's a lawsuit going on with some of the people who are um, stockholders in WWE that they are worried about Vince McMahon's affiliation with the XFL because when he launched the XFL, he said, look, this isn't going to affect WWE at all. There is going to, you know, I'm going to carry on my business as usual. I've hired all these football guys that are going to carry the weight when it comes to the football league. You know, my time is going to be spent on WWE. That's what he said. And he had to say that, like I say, in order for the uh, the stock not to tank, even though that's happened anyway. But if he is now dipping his toe into into that kind of thing, he has to keep it really secret. And he has to keep it sneaking around. I just found that fascinating. I found it interesting. And I also kind of, this is a little bit more morbid than I mean it to sound like, but it also made me think, <clears throat> is this like Vince McMahon's last hurrah? I'm not saying he's going to drop down dead. And Vince McMahon, for all I know, will never drop down dead. If anyone is going to live forever, it will be Vince McMahon. But I kind of think, you know, 20 years ago when he tried to launch the XFL and it wasn't a success and he lost $75 million or him and NBC did. <clears throat> What's going on? <clears throat> or whoever did. Uh, you know, it was, it was a failure. It really, really was. You can't argue otherwise. The concept and the ideas may have been good, but the execution wasn't. And I, I kind of think that maybe that's been sitting deep within Vince McMahon's soul, you know, for for years. And maybe he does see this as his final hurrah. Maybe he sees this as, you know, the way, you know, before, and we're all going to meet the end eventually, but before he meets his own end, that he can right this wrong that's been hanging over his head for so long. That's kind of how I see it. And to the point that he knows he can't tank the WWE business. He has to be very careful with that. And yet he still wants to throw himself into things. I mean, who throws themselves into things more than Vince McMahon? And of course, the other interesting about this is Raw and SmackDown. Well, not SmackDown is a weird show, but Raw especially has been better later. I'm not trying to suggest that Vince McMahon isn't writing these shows. Vince McMahon clearly still has the green light on everything. It's 2020. We have you know smartphones and Skype and you can talk to somebody. You can talk to somebody in seconds. You, know, you don't have to be anywhere live. But, you know, lots of wrestling fans have been saying that he needs to take a step back. And even if it's one that's not intentional because he's still trying to be involved, if you're not at the show and something goes down, there are other people that are going to delegate for you. Like it's Bruce Pritchard that sat in his chair on SmackDown. I assume it's Paul Heyman on Raw. <clears throat> so this could all work out very well long term. And I like the XFL. I watched some of it. I thought it was quite good. I liked some of the rule changes. I thought, again, it was less about the carnival and more about the sport, more about the game, which the original one absolutely wasn't. I, I honestly don't mind. It's just different. From, I'm, not, I'm looking at it from a fan point of view and not a business perspective. But I have absolutely no problem in Vince McMahon not being as hands-on as he has been with uh, the WWE product and taking his expertise and put it into the XFL just to see how the WWE copes with new people in that position even if it fails and it doesn't work again i always say this is like the nightmare collective thing on AEW, which we'll talk about in a second brandy Rhodes coming out apologizing to excalibur and basically just burying the whole nightmare collective thing i thought was one of the most refreshing things i've seen on television in ages when it comes to wrestling because i don't mind people trying new things but if it all goes bad then it's up to the people you know in charge to make sure they can they can tidy it up a bit so 
it's, it's the same with this. Why not let Paul Heyman and Bruce Pritchard, you know, give them a bit of uh, a bit of latitude, let them off the leash a little bit. And if they screw it up, okay, then you can just get back in and do whatever you want to do. So uh, I, I'm intrigued to see where this all goes. I know there's a whole business element which may affect it, but certainly from a uh, from a fan point of view. I yeah I'm intrigued I'm intrigued and if nothing else what a great week for wrestling this has been Smackdown has a lot to live up to because Raw was great uh, from everything I can tell NXT was really really good I thought Dynamite was an absolutely fantastic show so we get to Friday Saturday and Smackdown is awesome as well <clears throat> I'll be a happy man shout out to my man Ark of the Wild in the super chat who says hi Simon Miller or is it just Mill now it is just Mill I've cancelled my first and part of my last name if WWE can do it why can't I I want an explanation for that in kayfabe. Why would Buddy Murphy lose the buddy? Like, what's the reason? It doesn't make any sense, and it never will make any sense. Like, Mustafa Ali lost the Mustafa, but then it came back, which is even weirder. My man Richard Dallyway in the Super Chat says, Much love, Miller man. Much love to you, Richard Dallyway. Nice to see you. Uh, and again, yeah. If uh, you'd like to get involved in the podcast or support the podcast, drop me a super chat and you can say and do whatever you want. As for this thing on my head that everyone keeps mentioning, I wrestle at weekends, right? And somebody went to kick me, didn't hit me as well as they should have done, and I've got a mark. That's all it is. I never thought a little mark on my head would spark such a reaction, but it did. Uh, as for um, AEW Dynamite, yeah, what a brilliant show. What an absolutely brilliant show. So easy to watch. You know, the feud's building well getting ready to peak for the pay-per-view, which is you want the debut of Jeff Cobb, which I never saw coming. Thought they did the Jeff Cobb thing really well. There was two like, trains of thought after this. One was, oh, they, they should have just been a surprise, which I don't think is a good idea because AEW has done surprises before and got a lot of flack for it as fans go, well, no, we don't know who he is. And the other one was that he, um, that, that he shouldn't have come out at the end. And I disagree, or, or that, you know, yeah, basically that. But I actually disagree because <clears throat> I think it was almost like a red herring. It was almost like a double tease because we had, you know, Jericho saying next week Jeff Cobb's going to come and he's going to beat up John Moxley. I was like, oh, that's cool. Jeff Cobb, you know, he's a badass. But it, for, it, never did I actually think he was ever going to come back later in the show or debut later in the show because we'd made it very, very clear it was going to be next week. So... I, I really enjoyed that twist. Like you don't often see that in professional wrestling. And Jeff Cobb, you don't really need to oversell him because he sells himself with his look. He looks like he could kick your ass. And being part of the inner circle, I thought, was a, was a, yeah, was an excellent thing. Someone just said, you look good for 38. I am not 38 years old. Thank you very much. I'm a good few years younger than that. I take offense to that. Um... But yeah, I, I thought that was great. I thought it was, you know, it's going to be something that the internet community obviously jumps on because they're going to be more aware than Jeff Cobb. But also, you know, people have said that AEW needs more guys like that, like big brick houses, and there ain't be many better than Jeff Cobb. And the cool thing too with Jeff Cobb is he hasn't signed anywhere. He is a legitimate free agent. So he's going to be in AEW. He's going to be in what, a pro wrestling gorilla. He's going to be in Ring of Honor. He'll probably still do New Japan stuff. He's going to be everywhere. How that benefits people, I don't know. But I'm liking that we have this idea of a true independent contractor in these big companies uh, guess me I, I really do think if you don't know who this guy is he will win you over pretty damn soon so yeah massive tick for me great way to end the show shout out to my man damn lemley who says i'm glad to see jeff cobb he's one of my faves exactly man it made you feel good and that was the same thing too like <clears throat> my only criticism of the show 
was I would have had Sammy Guevara beat Dustin Rhodes with the help of Jake Hagar, so it didn't feel like a big deal. Because you knew that Santana was going to lose the match against John Moxley. He had to. John Moxley is your number one contender. But, yeah. So I get it's Dustin Rhodes' hometown, but that's just a... Uh, what's the that's just a, an ordeal that's been brought up by WWE because they always screw people over in their hometowns but I still think you could have built to that Jake Hagar Dustin Rhodes match where Jake Hagar gets involved which he did but it cost Dustin Rhodes the match and Sammy Guevara has some more uh, momentum because he doesn't really win many matches Sammy Guevara and the inner circle as a group still sort of sit on top as your major heel faction and you know, Santana lost, and then that's just how I that's just how I saw it. But it's such a minor criticism. That's me putting my proper nerd hat on and 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 getting into it. But other than that, yeah, Santana versus John Moxley was awesome. The fact they were going after each other's eyes, obviously it was an eye versus an eye match, eye for an eye match. I absolutely loved it. Again, the ending with the, the inner circle jumping in and uh, and Jeff Cobb making his debut it was just good. It was great. It was great. The uh, the promo package we had before that, building up the MJF Cody stuff. Best feud in wrestling right now, as far as I'm concerned. And we had the MJF uh, Jungle Boy match, which I just thought was an excellent television bout. Like, not only do these two guys start to feel like stars, the audience are treating them like stars, but they went back and forth and it just kicked ass. And again, that's how I would have used, again, maybe you're repeating the same finish. That's why they didn't do it. Although, you know, Jake Hagar still interfered. You know, using the diamond ring, Wardlow passing it to MGF and him punching Jungle Boy in the head. You've got sympathy, empathy for Jungle Boy because he should have won. Gives him the F5 afterwards and Jungle Boy's friends chase him off. I just think it's great. I just think it's absolutely, uh, just absolutely awesome. It's, it's just so easy. It's so simple. Like everything makes sense. Nothing is too complicated or over the top. I don't think you need that in wrestling. All I need to do is care about the characters and where we're going. <clears throat> and I hate you know, MJF in the story for everything that he's doing to Cody. Jungle Boy is just a likable sack of potatoes, no matter how you look at it. He just is. He's, he, he just is. He just, there's nothing not to like. You may think he's a little bit, uh, what's the word, cut and dry, but that's okay right now because he's still building and he's part of a good group that everybody loves. So yeah, absolutely love that match. I really like Nyla Rose versus Riho too. And AEW, this is the thing that obviously you you could only do if you're a new company. Once she gave Riho that Death Valley driver off the top rope, and it wasn't the end, I was like, okay, well, that's winning. Because you're not going to come up with a fist for a lot of it. It's been addressed on television. But I just think having the monster as your title holder speaks volumes. Not speaks volumes, that's not the right thing to say. But it's just, it creates a challenge, right? And that's why when you saw Nyla Rose in the back with all her potential challengers just standing there, it was like, well, who the hell is going to beat this person? And even, you know, Tony Khan was was slightly uh, perturbed when he tried to congratulate his. I don't really know what to do because this woman may throw me through a table. She may hit me with a chair. I thought they had great chemistry together. I thought the whole, you know, little person versus big person worked wonderfully as it usually does in professional wrestling. <clears throat> yeah, tick boxes all around. And some people have said they disagree. But I don't care, man. I can only look at it from my point of view. And hopefully what this does do is create more of a structure about the women's division. I th did they announce a match for next week? I can't remember, but it has been very random. It has been very out of nowhere. It's been difficult to keep up with in terms of, okay, well, how does this fit into, <clears throat> how does this fit into everything else? But yeah, good twist. Good twist in the story. And Britt Baker is just the best. Britt Baker is just the best. I can't, I can't, some people don't get it. And I liked it even when she started on the boat. And the one she did on the boat certainly caused more criticism than the rest of them. But this kind of airhead, don't care what you think, 
I'm better than you ditzy attitude, I think it's hilarious. Like, we finally found a way 20 years after the fact to make an Isaac Yankum gimmick work. She gets booed because she's a dentist and she comes out with all these dentist terms. You know, she absolutely crapped over her, her opponents, craps over Tony Schiavone, insults Whatburger, which Texas went nuts for, couldn't believe that she insulted Whatburger. It's awesome. It is awesome. And I'm a massive fan of it. I think that it's... It's much better than her face, her face run, which didn't have much to it. I look forward to seeing what she's going to do every single week. I really do. And more power to her. Uh, Nick Portland Super Chat says, Hey, Simon, hope all is well today. Good to see you. And you too, Nick. Thank you for being here and thank you for supporting. And my man, Jacob Domley, also the Super Chat says, Dynamite was absolutely fantastic last night. Apparently in Texas, it's criminal to attack Whataburger. Yeah, do you know what I mean? People went crazy. We went, they, they couldn't have booed more. That she, she attacked Whataburger. I've never had Whataburger. I've had a Smash Burger, but I do hear that Whataburger is very nice. So I, I can't wait to see what they do with Britt Baker, especially because I think she is high up the rankings at the moment. And I can see her being the absolute coward and you know, the absolute stimuli heel when she has to try and figure out what to do against Nyla Rose. And that's why it's more interesting with Nyla Rose being champion. Like, Riho is the proverbial underdog, even when she has the belt. Nyla Rose looks like she's going to kick your ass whenever. So what a great shift. What a great shift. And the opening match was just great. The opening match did everything I want wrestling shows to do. Uh, you can't get mad at the action because by now, if you don't know what AEW is going to offer you, you're the, the, you're the problem. The fault's with you. So you had Hangman Page and Kenny Omega taking on SCU. But before that, they just dabbled in a little bit of the story. So we saw the Dark Order. They talked about the Exalted One. They teased it was Christopher Daniels when he ran backstage, apparently, to try and make sure they didn't come out. And obviously, there's all these hints on social media that's going to be Matt Hardy. It's like the Ministry of Darkness from 1999 when, or whenever it was, you know, it's me, Austin. It was me all along. As long as we don't have a reveal like that, and it's a reveal that actually benefits the Dark Order and takes them away from some of the criticism they've been receiving and makes them feel like a more legitimized group, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I was genuinely excited. And the match itself was just great. It just was. It was, you know, fast-paced action. You're still teasing that Hangman Page and Kenny Omega are getting more on the same page, but there's still problems there. Kazarian Scorpio Sky healed it up a little bit here and there. And then the tag team champions won, and you bring that feud to the end, and you get a bunch of other teams in the ring to build to the tag team battle roll they're doing next week. It's simple stuff, man. It's simple stuff, but it's just so entertaining. Because you can almost watch it, ironically, with one eye, and you can still keep up with what's going on. But that's what good wrestling should do. It shouldn't require you to know something that happened 72 weeks ago. It's not Seinfeld, or what else does that? Uh, I can't even think of anything. But I, th I, I genuinely think that's fine. So, yeah, I... Uh, I got a massive kick out of it. I couldn't believe it when it was time for Santana versus Moxie. I was like, what a fast two hours. And the pack promo too that was shot by Beyond Gorilla. Again, weird, different. Pack is all pissed off. I said this on Ups and Downs, which again, live in 30 minutes on What Culture Wrestling. Make sure you go subscribe to them too. I can totally believe a Laps fan kind of flicking through the channels. And if they found that, they saw it online, social media, potentially wanting to watch AEW. Because it does feel like something you may have seen in the Attitude Era, but with a modern day twist. And Pac has absolutely found his groove at the moment. He's found his pace. He's just great. And he's going to take on Kenny Omega in two weeks. And guess what? It's two weeks away. And we still got to get through the Wardlow-Cody match. I'm looking forward to all of it. And next week, we're getting the Lucha Brothers versus Hangman Page and um, Omega. I think that's correct. 
So it's, it's, that's what it is. It, it's, I know I said it's simple, but it's simple. And you have these interlocking storylines as well. Because we know that Omega is teaming with Hangman Page and they've got to defend their titles. But there's also this problem over here of Pac and he wants to kick their ass. So Hank, uh, Kenny's got to go deal with that. Kind of the same with the Young Bucks at the Dark Order, but they're also going after the tag team titles. And Cody is, you know, predominantly focused on MJF, but he also has to deal with Wardlow. They've got the Brandy Road stuff that's now coming back into it. And then Sammy Guevara is, you know, is, is, is teaming off with... Um, with Darby Allen, but then you've got Chris Jericho with Moxley, and ah, oh, it's just so well done. It's so well done, and there aren't that many plot holes. And I just, it's just, I feel rewarded for watching, but I also think a new person could understand what's going on. That's what you want. That's what you want. So people go, oh, Simon, AEW fanboy. Not really. I, I wax lyrical about how good Raw was this week. It's just been a great week of professional wrestling. But again, Dynamite's only been going since October. And I feel like, especially since we've got into the new year, like I say, they've just found their groove. They found their direction. And things could change after the pay-per-view because they have a very definite set point at the moment. Maybe that's what they need. Maybe what All Elite Wrestling will struggle with is when they don't have this, this, uh, you know, this dangling character to follow up. But right now, I don't worry about that because they do have the dangling carrot. It's like when people say this Batman game wouldn't be good without Batman in it. He's in it. So what difference does it make? Shout out to my man, Alexander Falkenstein, who said, hey, Simon, long time no see. Hope you've had an awesome week so far. Thank you, Alex. It's going all right. Yeah, it's going all right. I hope yours is too. And my man, who dat for life, Chris Fields. Uh, was I a bad person for wanting Woken Matt or Matt in general to bury Edge instead Randy causing reopening old wounds to get going? Um, no, I know what you mean. I think the problem with that if you were going to do that, obviously referring to the uh, all the stuff with Lita back in the day, it did happen 15 years ago, whenever it was. The two have made up in real life. I found it quite awkward and difficult at the time. I was like, is this really what we want from uh, from pro wrestling? It made it fascinating and it may be interesting, even though the, the, the feud wasn't great. I, I see what you mean, but no, I think Randy Orton plays that role perfectly. And Randy Orton has done such a good job. You're almost at the stage where you're like, can Randy Orton even ever be a face again? Because he's such a dastardly idiot. So uh, I, I see what you mean. Uh, look, what I want to happen, and again, it's up to the individuals involved. I think sometimes we see them too much as characters and not enough as humans, is I hope that Matt Hardy goes to AEW. I hope that the Woken, Broken, whatever, is in charge of the Dark Order because I think you get the added momentum of a, w, a big WWE star and a legend and a Hall of Famer and all of this jumping across. Um, but, you know, it also allows Randy Orton and Edge to have what I imagine is going to be an absolutely amazing match at WrestleMania. I don't think Edge would want anything else the amount of uh well just the amount of sheer excitement i guess and apprehension he probably has in him means he won't settle for anything less look everything's building well at the moment we've got to get through super showdown i'm not gonna lie i don't massively uh in, it, like these saudi arabia events for obvious reasons but also from a storyline point of view they feel like they get in the way and it feels like we have to get through them to get to whatever is next but hey ho what are you gonna do and my man nick ports and super chat says do you think raw will be better or worse without vince and off topic but i just want to throw out there that adam cole should be given all the titles well as we said earlier i think we just need to try we just need to try and see what happens without vince mcmahon at the helm because we've never had that you know everybody listening to this right now and everybody in the world of of my age or, or younger that watches wrestling wwe i should say has never never experienced that we don't know what you know modern day wwe if you want to call it modern day wwe has always been under the under the guise of vincent kennedy mcmahon so maybe it's great maybe it's not great but i think we need to allow it to happen we need to see where it goes and if it's better okay great and if it's worse okay great the key is the people in charge find ways to to make it work 
And look, I can't criticize Raw at the moment. I don't have every story on it, but I'm having a hell of a time watching it. It's SmackDown that I find confusing because SmackDown is full of a lot of odd storyline twists and a lot of repetition. The Manny Rose Otis stuff is absolutely perfect, and I'd like to see more of that. But it just seems so odd to me that on Raw, Murphy and Alistair Black are getting these big pushes. But on SmackDown, again, it's still Roman Reigns, Baron Corbin. Like it, it, it's such a strange, it's such a strange dynamic. It's almost, I mean, it's true. It's, this is why. But it almost is like two people are running two completely different shows. And I know we want that. Of course, we want that. I don't want any more wild card rule or crossover. But there are just some good ideas that work for wrestling. So why isn't Mustafa Ali? I think he's still on SmackDown. I get so confused. But why isn't Ali getting a bigger push? You know, why? aren't Sami Zayn's I mean Sami Zayn's group's been around for a while but you surely could find a better place with Cesaro I don't know I don't know my um, man Sean Gearhorn Super Chat says new twist on an old story Omega gets fed up with Paige's craps and turns on him to get his best buds the tag titles the problem there though is if Omega turns on Hangman Page for the Young Bucks you turn Omega and the Young Bucks heel I like the idea and I think it would get a great reaction but I think trying to get Kenny Matt and Nick Jackson as bad guys across to that audience is probably the hardest thing you could ever do. But it would be different. I, I, I'd like to think that they have changed the plan somewhat because it surely was at one stage was meant to turn Hangman Page heel. But now I would not do that. He's too over and the character's too good. And, you know, the coolest thing about wrestling, as we've talked about time and time again, is adopting, adapting on the fly. Much like we did with The Rock, right, in the late 90s, or Stone Cold Steve Austin at the same period. And thankfully, what we did in Seth Rollins a few months ago. But again, how you tell that story, I don't know, because they have to have some kind of falling out. Maybe you just let the fans choose. Um, but I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind them giving it a go with Omega and the Young Bucks. I just think it would be hard because, again, yeah, the fans would be like, we're not booing them. It'd be like trying to, you know, if we had Cody versus MGF at Revolution and somehow Cody does something dastardly. The fans would just love it. The fans would be like, yeah, get that son of a gun. I'm intrigued about that too. I kind of think MJF has to win. How they do that, I don't know. But I think you really want to double down on this. You don't want MGF to have all this heat and, you know, he gets genuinely booed on most dynamites. You don't want to flush that down the toilet too quick, especially because you can get mileage out of Cody versus MJF. You could probably almost go all year with it if you come up with good ideas and keep coming up with things like the lashings and the Wardlow cage match. But how you do that, you have to come up with an interesting way. You can't just beat Cody. Otherwise, Cody looks like a chump. That's why it's so interesting. I don't know the answer. Uh, my man, Lewis Cardona in Super Chat says, Hey, Simon, love you, bro. NXT Portland is going to be fire. That's this Saturday, right? Yeah, we're doing ups and downs for that, I'm sure. It certainly looks good on paper. I haven't caught up with NXT this week because, of course, I live in the UK. And when I wake up on a, a Thursday, the first thing I do is watch AEW Dynamite for ups and downs. But NXT is a fascinating show because... And I don't wax lyric again, I don't shout about it enough because when I do these shows, I haven't seen it yet. But that's another property that is consistently good. Like it rarely drops the ball. The focus there obviously is more on in-ring competition and a whole I'm better than you, no, you're not, I'm better than you mentality. But that's fine. NXT has its own personality. And that's why I love it. I know what to expect from NXT. That's what I want from wrestling, right? I want to know how what to expect. That's it. And as long as I know what to expect, I can enjoy it as opposed to it's kind of true. I'm kind of being a liar. But the best and worst of Raw is when it's a roller coaster and you like, I have no idea what they're going to do in the next three segments. It's obviously better when you do and there's a plan there, but I also do get a weird kick out of it. However, in terms of long-term consistency and building a fan base, AEW and NXT right now are the masters and New Japan, but talking about Western product, are the masters of going, all right, this is the direction we're going in. This is what we want to do. Please come along for the ride and we won't screw you over too much unless something happens with an injury. 
And that's great. Uh, my man Ryan says, can you please react to Remember This by NF? Is that a new one? Remember This, NF. Or is it old? I don't know. I came out in 2017. Yeah, we can do it anyway. Why not, my friend Ryan? Why the hell not? Um, where am I going next? Super chat by my man Nick's Ports. SmackDown has made me very sad since going to Fox. Yeah, it hasn't really... You know, aside from those first few shows, it hasn't really found its momentum. But that's okay. We're building up to WrestleMania. Let's get through Super Showdown and and see where we uh, see where we are after that. It does sound like it's going to be Roman Reigns versus the Fiend. How the hell we get out Bray Wyatt versus Goldberg at Super Showdown? I don't know. Maybe WWE doesn't even care. Maybe it's a simpler situation. As WWE is like, we don't care about keeping Goldberg strong we have to keep him strong but i still think there's mileage in the tanks you don't want to ruin his legacy too much and maybe goldberg's like i don't care about that anymore you're going to pay me an absolute crap ton of money to go to uh, to go to to saudi arabia i'll do it maybe that's the reason i i don't know um but i was i made a i did a tweet about this at simon of 316 and everybody went crazy it was just an idea i don't hate the idea from a wrestlemania point of view i don't hate the idea of Goldberg beating The Fiend at Saudi Arabia. I know that sucks. We shouldn't build a champion and a character up for so long and then let a quote-unquote old guy beat him. But The Fiend has lost his magic to me because of everything that happened with Seth Rollins last year. It's just true. I was thinking about this the other day. Not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. But in terms of what I would like to see on a marquee, if you tell me it's going to be Roman Reigns versus Goldberg for the Universal title, Spear versus Spear, I, as a fan wanting to root for good guys and bad guys, I get more out of Roman Reigns beating him to become champion again than I do Bray Wyatt. And given that John Cena has announced he's coming back in a couple of weeks to SmackDown, probably to announce his WrestleMania match, I like the idea of The Fiend versus John Cena more because I think you could have John Cena lose that match. The Fiend wins. So even though he's no longer your champion, he does get some of his steam back. I'm not saying there's not problems to that. There are absolutely problems to that, some of which we've, uh, we've already talked about. But again, when I thought about it, I was like, that's not the worst idea in the world. And I think it makes the WrestleMania card better simply because at the moment, and I get it, we haven't even started, we haven't even talked, hinted at it. But Roman Reigns versus The Fiend doesn't do anything for me, especially because I presume Roman Reigns will win. I don't mind Roman Reigns being the champion. I just don't. But when I think about that match, deep down my gut goes, well, actually, I'd rather Bray Wyatt won that one. Don't know why. I can't answer it. Which they'll probably go in that direction. I don't think it's going to change. I imagine that probably will be the main, main event. So that opens up the door for John Cena. Maybe you do John Cena versus Goldberg. It'd be interesting. You know, two stars going at it. Maybe you do John Cena versus The Undertaker 2. People kind of enjoyed it last time. Maybe you do John Cena versus... I can't even think of anybody. Apollo Crews. And Apollo Crews just loses. In fact, let me know in the chat. Who should John Cena face at WrestleMania? I think it's quite an interesting question because a lot of guys are, are, are taken up. Brock Lesnar's gone. Drew McIntyre's gone. Uh, who else are we going to... I guess Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens are done. Samoa Joe versus Buddy Murphy potentially could be gone. Or, you know, at least the uh, you know AOP versus the Viking Raiders, I guess, is going to be a thing. Hopefully the tag team titles will get carried across. You know, you're not going to get Andrade versus John Cena, I don't think. You're not going to get Braun Strowman versus John Cena, I don't think. But let me know. You tell me. Uh, who dat for like Chris Fields in the Super Chat says, Shayna biting Becky, loved it, establishes dominance. I thought everybody was going to like it, but apparently not. I was shocked to find out that uh, there was a reaction to it, like, well, Shayna Baszler didn't need that. She, she's just a badass anyway. To me, I agree with that. She is a badass anyway, but... If you're going to get a come out to bite somebody on the neck, if somebody doesn't know who Shayna Baszler is or you're trying to establish said dominance, it's a good way to do it. 
So I was kind of surprised by that. I liked it. I had no, I didn't even think it would be an issue, but that's the internet for you. Uh, my man Mark Lambert in the super chat says, most anticipated match at NXT Portland. Uh, probably Cole versus Tommaso Ciampa, I'm going to say. Uh, I think they've been building that for a long time. I think they'll go out of their way to try and kill each other as they want to do. And I'm intrigued whether Adam Cole manages to retain his title or whether they give it back to Ciampa, who goes back after Goldie. Just think there's a lot there, right? Because of Ciampa's injury, I just think it gives it a, a certain amount of depth that you wouldn't have got otherwise. So yeah, I think I'm looking forward to that one. But though Bianca Belair versus um, Rhea Ripley could be interesting too. I've got this small thing in my head, which I don't think is going to happen, but it's like eating away at me. That maybe WWE is going to put Bianca Belair in a triple threat match with Charlotte and Rhea. I don't think they will. I think they want to get Rhea, Rhea Ripley over more. And the best way to do that is one-on-one. But maybe Charlotte interferes. And that's a really cool story twist. And as I've said a few times now, I don't think we can moan about Charlotte Flair winning the Rumble anymore. It's going to help NXT. And everybody wants to help NXT. And my man Nick in the Super Chat says, I think that what makes NXT so great is that everybody feels like a threat. Everybody feels like a big name and it's exciting. Raw and SmackDown, not so much. Yeah, I think that's pretty true. Uh, all in all. And again, that's because the focus is on is on uh is is on the the competitiveness it's kind of ironic because everybody thought that AEW was going to be the sports-based presentation of wrestling it's NXT and it's always been NXT like I say their whole shtick is I'm better than you no I'm better than you okay let's prove it and sometimes your favorites win and sometimes the non-favorites win you can't call it um and people do feel like a threat and you get Keith Lee's coming up Matt Riddle's uh, Roderick Strong's Bobby Fish's it's a great product. It is. And it's consistent, which I think is why people don't talk about it enough. People still talk about it. But on forums, on the internet in general, people get excited about AEW because it's new. Whereas NXT has just been ticking along for the last few years. Like, yeah, we can get rid of people. We can bring new people in. But we're going to be consistent. And consistency in wrestling is really, really important. Fans like it. But people like, they like structure and they like uh, routine whether they think so or not. And my man Daniel M says, Simon Miller sign was front row of Mox entrance. Yes, that blew my mind. You'll never be able to understand, uh, I don't, sorry, from my point of view, how much that humbles the hell out of me. And when I wake up and someone tweets that to me or I see it when I'm watching Dynamite, I'm just like, how the hell has this even happened? But it does mean the world. Long may it continue. I never want it to go away. It's a great way to perk you up throughout the day or make you feel happy on a day you're feeling a little bit sad. So yeah, I did see that. And thank you to anybody who brings us. Thank you to anybody who thinks it's a, a worthwhile use of their time to bring a name with my, uh, to bring a sign with my name on it. That's pretty, it's humbling. That's the only word. It's only the only word because I'm just an idiot. I'm a bored asshole, like I say, that comes on the internet and rants and raves. And some videos do well and some videos don't do well. And, you know, sometimes you get annoyed about that. But then to see that, you think, well, I must have done something all right. So, yeah, I did see that. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, again, if you, we've got uh, 15 minutes, we'll all jump across to ups and downs on AEW Dynamite for What Culture. So uh, if you do have a question, you want to say anything, or you want to put some money in the super chat, please do that. I'm trying to think of anything else we want to talk about. Did I miss anything? I haven't got my notes from AEW Dynamite. I feel like I missed something from Dynamite, and I will stare off into the the abyss while I think about it. I don't think that I did now. I think I pretty much tagged everything that we needed to tag. I mean, Jeff Cobb's a big talking point, right? And it'd be, What I'm intrigued about is we do Jeff Cobb versus John Moxley next week. 
Can you have Jeff Cobb win that match? I don't think so. It's like a week out from the pay-per-view. AEW uh, is pushing John Moxley quite hard. A genuine babyface. You know, in the company, it's him and Cody Rhodes going neck and neck in terms of reactions and people getting super excited and believing in this wrestler. And I don't think you want to have him lose. But you could have the inner circle just swarm down and beat the crap out of him. I don't think that's a problem. I am super pumped for Jericho versus Moxley. Or Dean Ambrose versus Chris Jericho, I should say, at, uh, at at Revolution. I think probably if you want to change the title, you could. When you watch that John Moxley action from last night, people just love him. They love him. They go crazy for him. It's exactly the right reaction you want from a guy who you're pushing as your number one contender. It's just fantastic. It really, really, really is. Uh, my man, where are you? Robert Jackson, good to see you, Rob. And the Super Chat says, seriously, though, how many fish could Bobby fry fish if Bobby Fish could fry fish? That's hard. One more time. How many fish could Bobby Fish fry? Oh, fuck, that is hard. Oh, I swore. How many fish could Bobby Fish fry if Bobby Fish could fry fish? I mean, the answer is 11. It's always 11, as we know. Bobby Fish, man. I interviewed him years ago for Defiant. What a nice guy and what a damn good pro wrestler. I'm glad that he's doing well. Linda D in the super chat. Good to see you, Linda. Hey, thoughts on Simone Johnson going to the PC? Obviously, yes. We should talk about that. Good point, Linda. Uh, yes, yeah, Simone Johnson, who is the daughter of The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, was signed by the performance center this week signed by nxt poor girl instantly gets completely ragged on by the internet oh she only got it because of her dad let's say that's true for the sake of argument let's say yes you're 100 percent right would you turn that down no you wouldn't so shut up like it's ridiculous if you are it, being the son or the daughter of a famous person or whatever you want to say is both a blessing and a curse yes it's a blessing because it does give you opportunities that you probably wouldn't have got otherwise or at least it brings those opportunities to your door quicker and more power to you for do that but it's a curse because people a will always compare you to that person but b you're always in their shadow it's like charlotte flair talks about it all the time trying to get out of that person's shadow is really really difficult so it's not all peaches and cream when you're in that position but it always irks me when people say that it's just like oh of course she got it well good for her why can't you just be happy you were never going to get the opportunity in terms of you are not the rock son or daughter the only person that can go, oh, I can't believe it, is if you are also from the loins of Dwayne Johnson and whatever his wife is called. I don't know her name. That's it. Otherwise, you were never going to get it because you're not the person. You may get it on your own merit, but you were never going to get it because you're The Rock's daughter. So it's just, it's just crazy to me. But no, more power to her, man. Like The legacy she has to live up to is obviously very daunting. Some people, most people say The Rock is still one of the best promos ever. So, you know, if she gets on the mic and she's not straight away, internet community, oh, it's blah, blah, blah. you know, she is, she is starting out the blocks with a far, with more pressure and a, a far more criticism than anybody else would. And that's not fun. I'm sure she knows that. I hope she absolutely smashes it. I hope she makes it to Raw, SmackDown, NXT, whatever. I hope she's as good, better than her dad. And I hope she, she shuts all these morons up and she can become her own wrestler too. But uh, yeah, I, I, I like stories like that. I like it. I mean, how proud must The Rock be to see his 18-year-old daughter want to follow in his footsteps? I think that's cool. I think that's cool. I really, really, really do. And again, if I was the son of somebody like that, I wanted to be a wrestler and they said, hey, I can get you in. I was like, let's do it. As long as she's working hard and shows aptitude for the, for the skill and the sport and she respects it, who cares? All this dragging of down. I don't want to get into it too much, but it's been happening so much recently. And it's not just wrestlers. It's people it's just associated with wrestling or covering wrestling. You can't get an opportunity without someone going, shill. It's like, why just let them? Just, they're probably so happy and they probably feel like all their life's work is coming together. And somebody, feel, and it doesn't mean anything. It's just random people on the internet. But somebody feels the need to pull down their pants and just crap on their face. 
And like, you don't need to do this, my friend. Um, my man, Dan Lemley, has much more positive news, though. He says, I just want to share, I've lost 25 pounds since September, which is basically two stone. Dude, my man, that is absolutely fantastic. And more power to you, dude. What a 2020 you must be having. I hope you're feeling better. I hope it's empowered you. And if you want to lose more, I hope you smash it. And if you're at your ideal wealth, then make sure, wait, make sure you pat yourself on the back like Barry Horowitz. I believe Barry Horowitz now has a store on Pro Wrestling Tees. You bet your ass I am going to buy something from that. Uh, my man, Sean Gearhorn says, great idea in the super chat. Jo- Alistair Black versus John Cena. Finally give him the big feud that Black needs. Dude, that is a great suggestion. That is a great suggestion. Although he's coming back on SmackDown, Alistair Black is raw. But that's what they should do there. John Cena is coming back to have a match and is happy to lose or whatever. And the rumor is he's allowed to choose his opponent, which seems crazy to me. Was it Brock Lesnar? Uh, no, you can't do that. Uh, we, we already have plans, but I'm sure there's a, there's a caveat to that. But that's the kind of guy that he should be fighting. Or Mustafa Ali. Or who else is on that show that I always like and they never do anything with? I can't even remember. But if you do it with somebody like that, it's so cool. And it's so different. It's so interesting. You're not selling the idea on John Cena being at WrestleMania. He's just like your special whatever. His caveat. He's not your main event. So I hope we get something like that. Something just bizarre. And that people like you and I really enjoy. Uh, Robert Jackson Super Chat says, Goldberg is your dad. Why aren't you in WWE? Great question. It's because WCW died. Damn it but it's all good. And my man Ryan says, how would you do if you're a guest on Hot Ones? Terribly. Terribly. Like, I can't handle hot food. To the point, I mean, I would go on it because it's a great opportunity or that everyone would be like, who the hell is this bald guy? I would be, t- I can't handle hot food at all. I'm so bad. I've only been for like a handful of curries in my entire life because I'm so bad with spices. And when I go, I have a chicken korma, which you will know if you go, is like the wuss curry, but it's nice and creamy and doesn't have any spice. So I'd absolutely be ruined. I'll absolutely be ruined. And somebody also makes a good point saying it'll probably be Cena and Sheamus. Yeah, you're probably right. Although I think they're going to do Sheamus versus Daniel Bryan. Vince McMahon seems obsessed with that match. I don't, you know, Daniel Bryan's being a bully. Uh, sorry, Sheamus is being a bully. Daniel Bryan feels lost and that he wants to take it out on a bully. I think that, I think we'll do that. And Daniel Bryan will win and then finally avenge his loss from 72 years ago, whenever it was, when he lost in 18 seconds. I don't want to see that. But someone says King Corbin versus Cena. I don't hate that, you know. That's okay in my world. Why do I think that? I don't know. I'm probably wrong, but I'm okay with it. (laughs) I just thought about it now. Uh, And someone says, The Fiend has plenty of steam. People keep harping on about Hell in a Cell, yet The Fiend bounced back strong by beating Rollins and Bryan in a three-week period. Also a huge win in the Royal Rumble against Bryan. Yeah, I'm not saying you're wrong. But you are, the problem is that's your own feelings towards it. I can understand somebody else kind of just taking a step back, not mentally, subconsciously, after the whole Hell in a Cell debacle. And then even though WWE did their best to rehab him and put him back in the right position, it's a connection thing. It's an incredible thing, the connection. Like you don't really control it. So even though the WWE did the right thing, because of everything that happened, you still just feel a bit like, ugh. And then it's hard to buy back in. That happens. It's a realistic thing that happens. It's not just in wrestling. It happens in soap operas. It happens in movies. If you give a character that people like the wrong bit of dialogue or, you know, who knows what. So I, I understand both sides. But yeah, they're, 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 I, I completely accept people that aren't uh, willing to or aren't as invested in The Fiend as they were. I can understand that. I am somewhere in between the two. I still enjoy his stuff. But yes, even with his good push, post uh, Hell in a Cell, I sometimes find myself, again, just not caring as much as I did when it first started happening. And I was really, really excited about the future. 
Doesn't make me right. Doesn't make me wrong. Just my personal opinion. Uh, the train 24 in Super Chat says, fellow bald fool here. I like it. Bald fool is good. Spicy makes my head sweat. Well, that's the other problem. Yeah. It makes me sweat. It just, it makes, I get palpitations in my heart, which I hate. Scares the crap out of me. I don't need any of that. My, but I have a really sensitive body. Genuinely, that sounds ridiculous. But even like a paracetamol affects me or an ibuprofen accepts me far more. And I've had tests to figure this out. I just do. My body is sensitive to pills. Who knows? Um, what else uh, are we going to talk about? Seven minutes till ups and downs. That's true. Six minutes now. So as we do wrap up, you have a question, you have a super chat, please throw it in there now. I will just use this time to thank you all for getting over 100,000 subs. Uh, it's not going to turn into a fitness channel. People are getting worried. I'm just trying to do more fitness videos because there was an audience for it. And I need to see if I can, you know, jump on that. Like I said, we released a fitness video last night and it died on its ass. So I'm not 100% sure what we're going to do. But Thursday, or at least today, the 13th, is definitely wrestling day. We've got this now. And again, the archive version of this will be over on the new channel. So if you are watching right now, there's a link in the description below. If you could click that and subscribe, that would be great. The live shows are still going to be here for now as I try and figure things out. Um... But yeah, later on, I got footage from my latest wrestling, one of my latest wrestling matches too. That will be going live at 6 p.m. GMT. So you can make sure that you watch that. Also, actually, well, this is a random point. If you could just message me and let me know, what time do you like look at YouTube? At the moment, I'm sort of aiming for 7 p.m. GMT. I'm going to try 6 p.m. GMT later. But there is a time that you find yourself on YouTube and you're more likely to watch videos. Let me know. Because I Google this stuff and read, but I'm like, well, I'd rather my audience told me because they're my audience. Shout out to Mr. Slump, best name today by a mile. Miller Vanilla, when do you think Orange Cassidy will get a singles run? Good question. I don't know. Um, I don't know because Cody Rhodes has said that he's, you know, they're building up to something and that when he, you know, Cody's own quote was when he goes, people are going to be like, oh my gosh, amazing. But yeah, when do you do it? I don't know. Like when, when, when is the time? What kind of story is he involved in? Who does he go against? Maybe like someone like Sammy Guevara would be interesting. So maybe you get the Darby Allen program done. I think, and I know this is a bit of a, a long reach to your answer, but I think by the end of this year, so you know, I'm giving them a long time, Orange Cassidy will be considered somewhat of a major player in AEW. If they do release a secondary title, I think he will win it. And I think from there, they'll start developing his character a little bit. But I think they're going to take their time. I'm going to think they're probably going to wait till they have their second show. Because he may be able to be a big deal on that. But yes, that would be my guess. But I don't know. But I think there's money there. Apparently, he's the number one merchandise seller for AEW. Orange Cassidy. A guy that gets barely any television time, really. But that's called being over, folks. <laughs> that, is called, uh, that is called being over. Uh, there was something else that I wanted to talk about. Let me just go and check rest. Of, there was something. I, this is why I left my phone. You don't want my phone, but I don't know why I left my phone. But there was something else that I wanted to talk about. We've mentioned Jeff Cobb and how he's still a free agent, which is cool. A genuine independent contractor. Apparently, Mick Foley. Oh, no, I read this wrong. Oh, he's talking about the Bella Twins. Yeah, we talking about the Hall of Fame. So the rumors for the Hall of Fame at the moment are uh, the Bella Twins and Jushin Thunder Liger. Jushin Liger should 100% get in. I know he had that match in NXT in WWE. I don't think he did anything else. But if you know anything about the career of Liger, he should be in everybody's Hall of Fame. I mean, an absolute trendsetter, to say the least. And when Nikki and Brie Bella were announced, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Here comes the reaction to the comments. But actually, I only saw positive stuff, which I 100% agree with. Like, I'm not saying that Nikki and Brie Bella were the best wrestlers ever, but they certainly did. They played their part in this whole Divas Revolution thing. 
And I don't mind them going into we retract that. I think they should go into the WWE Hall of Fame. And not just because the WWE Hall of Fame these days is more about, well, who's the star attraction? Who's going to make people tune in? I think they deserve, uh, and uh, we'll call it an accolade, for lack of a better term, for everything that they did. And the problem is that so many people go, oh, Brie Bella botched everything. Oh, go away. Everybody makes mistakes. Don't be so horrible. So, no, I'd be all right with that. Who else? So we've got Batista. We've got the NWO. We've got the Bella Twins, maybe. Juice and Thunder Liger, maybe. Uh, we'll have a, a posthumous one as well. I'd like it to be the British Bulldog. Did Vader go? I think Vader went in. I can't remember. Yes, he did. He did the speech. I'd like British Bulldog to be in that role. I think it's been way too long. I don't know what the reasons behind that are. To me, he is a... Well, I mean, I'm biased, obviously, because of where, where I'm from, but I would absolutely put the British Bulldog in, so I don't really understand that. But you know, we'll see. We'll see. The Hall of Fame is coming up. Obviously, we've got WrestleMania 37 confirmed for LA in 2021. That'd be cool. Have you seen that? The stadium is amazing. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. And uh, yeah, I guess that's that's all that's all we've got to talk about, I suppose, today as we slow. How's it 2 p.m. today? Where the hell did the time go? Yeah, that's it. I did see Becky Lynch yelling at John Jones. That was hilarious. John Jones said that it's inev inevitable they'll probably end up in WWE. Becky Lynch's like, no, it's not John. <laughs> like, like, you don't just come over here and walk in, pal. That's not how it works. I love Becky Lynch. She's hilarious. She absolutely doesn't give a crap. Uh, before we do wrap up, if you are around this weekend, you can come see me wrestle for Triumph Wrestling in Essex in Greys this Saturday. If you're around, please do come down. And on Sunday, I'm back at the Ballam in Bedford for EWE, which is just an absolute treat of a place to come if you've never come before. Just a bunch of drunk people in a, in a bar going nuts. But I tell you, we have a lot of fun. Uh, thank you as always. Uh, again, any feedback about my channel, just get in touch and we'll do my best. If you could help me on Patreon, that would mean the world. Patreon.com forward slash 316. Even if you throw a dollar in there, it really, really does help. Again, I'm not trying to overstress this, but I make no money from YouTube. Hence all the changes I'm making at the moment to try and make some money from YouTube. And if my Patreon dies, my YouTube dies. And some days that does scare me. But I understand finances are hard to come by. But if I don't promote it and I don't talk about it, nobody knows about it. That's how it works. There is a link in the description below uh, at Simon316 on Instagram and Twitter. What else do we do? Simon.bigcartel.com is your merch where you can buy silly things with my face on it. Oh, there's other stuff that we do. I don't know. Thanks for the super chats today. I appreciate it. Give me a subscribe. It's amazing we're past 100 now. Obviously, we aim for 150. And of course, yeah, go to What Culture Wrestling right now if you are watching live on YouTube. And we'll up those downs for AEW Dynamite. And as a little bit of a surprise, I really enjoyed it. There's my button. I love you loads. Make sure you have good days today. That's what I want you to do. Even if you're having a bad day, I want you to go look in the mirror, slap yourself around a bit. I know it's not this easy. I'm just trying to give you some motivation. Say to yourself, I'm going to have a damn good day. Because sometimes when you fake it, you actually wind up having a pretty good day. I will talk to you again soon.